Warning. The following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. Please put on your headphones. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in the borough of Brooklyn, it's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Ask me another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, John. Our VIP tonight is an actor, writer, and producer. You've seen him in the films The Internship and Million Dollar Arm, and he's the senior Muslim correspondent on The Daily Show. I'm talking, of course, about Asif Manvi. And you could probably guess with a name like Ophira Eisenberg, I'm often referred to as NPR's senior Jewish trivia correspondent. So my goal this show is to find a Christian, grab Asif, and together we will walk into a bar and finally see what actually happens. <laughs> I'll talk to our VIP Asif Manvi later in the show, but let's get to the games. Our first game is called Law and Order Special Fairy Tale Victims Unit. Let's welcome our contestants, Tony Cena and Keely Coffey. Tony, yes. Keely, welcome. I know that uh, you guys are a couple. That is correct. Yes. You are married. Yes. Yes. Keely, would you say that your partnership, when you found Tony, was it a fairy tale like romance? No. No? <laughs> Tony, how would you answer that question if you hadn't heard <laughs> Keely say no? Well, I mean, if you consider a bar. Uh, part of a fairy tale, I suppose so, yeah. I certainly consider yeah. a bar. There you part. go, a lot of magic happening at that That's, bar. Uh, yeah. How else are you going to see the fairies? <laughs> That's a very good point. Okay, well, this game again is called Law and Order Special Fairy Tale Victims Unit. And sitting in for Jonathan Colton, let's welcome from They Might Be Giants, John Flansburg. In the Enchanted Forest, fairy tale villains are interrogated by the elite fairy tale victims unit. These are their stories. Uh, so we're going to interrogate some very famous fairy tale villains and hear their side of the story. You must name the story each bad guy is from based on the clues and the clues alone. If we start mouthing the answers to you, you have to disregard that. <laughs> So ring in when you know the answer, and the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. The kid thought I was her grandmother. I mean, come on! With these big ears, these big eyes, this big mouth? Not my fault the girl forgot to put in her contact lenses. Keely. Little Red Riding Hood. That is right! Okay. <laughs> oh, sounds like it's 420 all day long for this punk. Trades his only cow for magic beans, right? Steals gold just to score more beans. Not on my watch. Tony. Uh, Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk. Well played. Yeah, Thank well, you. okay, oh. yeah, sorry, yeah, I see where you're going. Jack the, the Beanstalk is what we were looking for. <laughs> you got the right answer. He was in the role of the giant. Ah, so I don't understand this game then. <laughs> Well, the giant was the bad guy. Okay. You have to name the fairy tale that the villain occurs just, in. Just roll with it. I'm going to let your wife explain how the game works. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. I was just trying to help the poor girl. I was always told an apple a day keeps the doctor away, and my mirror agrees. Keely. Snow White. Snow White, exactly. Ha, ha, ha. It was a simple business transaction. I gave her gold. She gave me her firstborn child. Gold, firstborn, happens every day. Of course, I didn't tell her my name. Would you? <laughs> Keely. Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin, exactly. You don't know what it's like living alone in the woods. 
Fine, I eat children. But those kids were eating my house. Oh, and my lawyer's going to fight you on that entrapment charge. Keely. Hansel and Gretel. That is correct. <laughs> Keely, you are answering these questions and you're looking at me with boredom on your face. I'm sorry. Like, this it's is really way too easy on you. I'm just waiting for him to, you know, jump in. <laughs> Tony, what's going on? I'm having a great time. Yeah, having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I understand everything that's going on. I understand the dynamic. I'm totally on your side. I get what's going on. I know what's going on through your head. Happy, happy. She's like, hey, there's a lot of complicated things going on. Why isn't he answering? Are we playing on the same team? Is he letting me win? Come on, let's play together. And you're like, I'm here. <laughs> hey. I gave her a chance to object to the plea bargain. It's not my fault she didn't speak up for herself. She doesn't have a leg to stand on. The whole thing sounds a little fishy, if you ask me. Keely. The Little Mermaid? The Little Mermaid, yes. I was in the character of the Sea Witch. In the Sea Witch. From a movie I have not seen. (laughs) This is your last question. This girl breaks into my house licks all of her silverware, and eats my kids' food. And I'm just standing my ground. Also, I'm a bear. Tony. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. That is correct, yes. So the buzzer works. The buzzer does work. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, to find out how did our contestants do. Well, this happy couple will live happily ever after, but Keely, congratulations, you're moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Say hello to our next contestants, Daryl DeMakes and Matt Acornero. Daryl, I don't usually talk to people about their previous game show experiences, but I, I love the fact that you were on MTV's remote control in the 80s. Yep, that's right. Big up for the 80s, y'all. <laughs> but you lost to a question about Dr. Ruth. Is that right? That's right. I was in the speed round. Okay. And uh, it was uh, named the impish uh, sex education doctor. And yeah. I said, Dr. Uh, Joyce Brothers. Oh, yeah, sure. That was and then I got pulled back in the chair, and Adam Sandler was an extra on the show. Yeah. And he was like, ha-ha. <laughs> Are you filled with shame? Is this like a redemption this thing? This is a Come redemption in? thing, this yeah. Is... This is my really fulfillment of a lifetime of regret and remorse. <laughs> <laughs> Matt describes himself as a hesitant triathlete. What does that mean? You tell me. So I like biking and running, but I'm not much of a swimmer, and I don't particularly care for spandex or really the other people that do triathlons. <laughs> and so, I like to say that I've never run a marathon uh, because I've never had a breakup that bad. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, this game is called Get Them to the ER. The answers will be famous people whose name ends with the letter ER. Sounds simple? There's more. In each clue, you're going to hear two hints. One that describes who the person is and one that will tip you off to his or her last name. For an example, to clarify everything, let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung. So if we said, Willie Loman's creator had a side job grinding wheat into flour, the answer would be Arthur Miller because a mill grinds flour. Yeah. And Arthur Miller wrote Death of a Salesman. Mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you can go slow, you can talk it out, uh, and, and we, we, have, we have hints? No. No, there's no, no hints, hint, so <laughs> just do the best you can. Here we go. This game show host liked to yap like a dog, especially when he was neutering them. Matt. Bob Barker. That is correct. <laughs> kind of a disturbing clue to start on. <laughs> Even though this New Jersey senator is a prolific tweeter, he still likes to read one of these old-fashioned word packages every now and then. (laughs) New Jersey senator. He tweets a lot. Daryl. Anthony Weiner? (laughs) 
not a senator and not from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> uh, he used to be the mayor of Newark. Cory Booker? That's right, Matt. Well done. This actor who played Troy Barnes on Community would throw down the gauntlet to challenge any rapper as his alter ego, Childish Gambino. Not the son of the guy from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Matt. So his last name's Glover. <laughs> and it's not Danny Glover. When I said talk it through, I didn't know who you were actually. Sorry. But I know, I know you're supposed to. It's great. No one ever takes advantage of it. I I'm like gonna go it. with Adrian Glover. Adrian Glover. Oh. Amazingly, no. No. Not... Daryl, you've got a lot to work with. Can you do it? It's something like I see his face and I like his rapping and I love Community and it's Andy Glover. Okay. All right. Wrong. Um, Donald Glover is what we were going for. Known for her self-critical jokes and smoker's laugh, this comedian liked to make her own pickles at home using a certain feathery herb. Daryl. Phyllis Diller. Yes, my friend. This Sports Illustrated swimsuit model and just-go-with-it actress loves to adorn any hall she passes through with copious amounts of holly. Matt. Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> We've entered the wheelhouse, have we? <laughs> Swimsuit models. <laughs> New Jersey Senators, not so much. But, uh... <laughs> the director and co-star of this classic film, Easy Rider, was known to jump around on one foot when waiting for the camera to roll. Daryl. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is correct. <laughs> Hard game. You guys did great. Archung, how did our contestants do? Matt was the winner of that round. Congratulations, Matt. We'll see you in the final round. Coming up, we're going to talk to Asif Manvi about being senior Muslim slash Middle East slash all things brown correspondent on The Daily Show. So don't go anywhere unless you're driving, in which case, keep going. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. There are other great NPR podcasts for you to check out, like How to Do Everything. How to Do Everything is sort of like MacGyver on NPR. But MacGyver is Mike and Ian. They tell you how to do everything. How to find water in a desert or how to find a date for Friday night. Those things, by the way, require exactly the same skill set. Did you know that? Mike and Ian will tell you. So check out Modern Life Lessons from NPR. Find How to Do Everything now at npr.org slash podcasts. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and our next contestant is on the line. Hi, you're on Ask Me Another. Hello, this is Carrie McKenzie calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> Hello, Carrie. Now, you have a nickname. I'm told you're called Old Lady of Wireless in Milwaukee. Can you explain to me what that is about? <laughs> I have actually been in the wireless or as we used to call it, cell phone industry, uh, since back in the days when they were physically installed into your car. Wow, yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to rotary dials, not having voicemail. Oh, my God, it couldn't text. I was about, you know, eight or nine when I started. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you were just a prodigy. You were a wireless yes, prodigy. Yes. Well, this game is called Color Me Bad, because many of us, probably like you, learned the word Sienna from our Crayola boxes. Are you oh, there, yeah. Carrie? Yeah. And I also, like that color. Yeah, I like that color, too. We also uh, thank them for finally realizing that not everyone's flesh is colored peach. <laughs> but Crayola still likes to pick some oddball names for their crayons. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you three names, and you have to tell me which one is the actual real Crayola crayon. 
And some of these are retired colors, and some of them are still around. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Let's give this a shot. Let's go. From the comfort food division, we have fried chicken, meatloaf, or macaroni and cheese. Which one's the real crayon color? Well, they all sound very, very tasty. Um, <laughs> well, it's Wisconsin, so macaroni and cheese. Yes, that is correct. From the insect division, we have inchworm, dragonfly, or silverfish. Hmm, so fun thinking about that. Which one is the real color? Ugh. Inchworm dragonfly. That's kind of, I mean, they're both cool. <laughs> dragonfly is considerably prettier, but they come in a variety of colors. So I'm going to go with inchworm because they're usually the pretty green. Yeah, exactly. The green of inchworm. You, yes. yes. <laughs> From the sci-fi division, we have red alert, outer space, or rusty robot. Rusty Robot just sounds really sad. <laughs> it is sad. I you know, know it'd be kind of like Rusty Tin Man, but I don't think they have oil in space. <laughs> and, you know, in space, can anyone hear your hinges creaking? I don't know. If there's um, no oil in space, it sounds like there's also no war. Yeah, well, it could be that. <laughs> then, let's see what we got. Outer space? Outer space or red alert? I'm going to go with Red Alert, because Outer Space would have to be sparkly, and I don't know if they're doing sparkly crayons in the regular package. I would agree with you, but the true color is Outer Space, and it's just black. Oh. It's just black. They, they tried a couple of different They were like, we'll call it your soul. People were like, uh. I know some people that that would have fit. <laughs> You're talking to one. Okay, I don't know. I've read your book. I don't think so. Oh, thank you. All right, uh, back to being my favorite contestant of all time. <laughs> this is your last question. From the tongue twister division, we have fuzzy wuzzy, she sells seashells, or pickled pepper. Fuzzy wuzzy, she sells seashells? Yeah, or pickled pepper. Which one's the real color? <laughs> fuzzy wuzzy, that's a naked bear. I don't know what color a naked bear is. I'm pretty sure they're all naked. I don't know how to tell you this. Right. I don't know what's under that. You know what I'm saying? I, are the, do the bears in Wisconsin have shorts? Only in the winter. Oh, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Okay. I'm going to go, like, totally out on a limb here. I, just, I love that poem, Fuzzy Wuzzy Was a Bear. Yeah. So I'm going with Fuzzy Wuzzy. Fuzzy Wuzzy is correct. It's a brown. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. Carrie, you did amazing. We are going to send you a prize. Congratulations. We are sending you a limited edition Ask Me Another's Rubik's Cube for getting a huge amount of our questions right. Congratulations. That is awesome. If you think you know the difference between blue-green and green-blue, you should be a contestant on our show. Just send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org. We'll send you a contestant quiz. And who knows, you might be able to win a box of 64 crayons with a built-in sharpener. Let's say hello to David Sibley and Faye Walker. So this game is called Born to Run and Fail. <laughs> David, are you a uh, Springsteen fan? Uh, I am not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, unfortunately. Fine, it's fine. Thank you for playing our game. <laughs> Faye, are you a uh, Springsteen um, My dad exclusively cooks to Bruce Springsteen, so I hear a lot of it. <laughs> exclusively cooks <laughs> And to like it. all yard work, all everything around the house to Bruce Springsteen. So. It's, it's his get yeah. stuff done music. Yeah. All right, very interesting. Okay, well, as I said, this game is called Born to Run and Fail and to Lead It. Let's welcome back John Flansburg. John, do you want to share a failure story with us? Uh, you know, my life is an unbroken chain <laughs> of, <laughs> of failures. It's, it's uh, you know, we've, I've seen a, a dozen faces and I've rocked them all. But um, So this game is called Born to Run and Fail. We can't all be winners. Look at Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Time and Newsweek. Millions of albums sold. 
got to share a mic with Al Jarreau on We Are the World, but he never had a number one song, ladies and gentlemen. No. So to throw the boss a bone, we have rewritten the lyrics to Born to Run to be about famous people who have run for president and lost. <laughs> so, uh, Ophira, why don't you explain the rules from here? So you're just going to ring in when you know which presidential loser John is singing about. He'll sing, he'll clue you in, you'll be like, aha, ring in, and the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. In the past I sweated out as VP and created an American boom. Seemed right to ride this wave of achievement and so I shot for the moon. Got momentum and my pal Joe, my internet invention and Medicare lockbox in tow. Lieberman, this vote count gives us Florida back. It's a quick ad. What the hell is a Chad? Why won't they tell me that I've won? Cause champs like us, Joey, we were born to run. Faye, Al Gore. Al Gore is correct. I could see you got a little bit worried when we were giving the instructions for the game, but then you were like, yeah, know it, right? The word started and... You were all okay. <laughs> yeah, you were all okay. Al Gore sounds like bad cocktail chatter, I believe, with him. Don't want to talk to him at a cocktail party. Seems a little stiff. No, it'd be like, so you lost presidential campaign, what else is going on? Oh, the planet's dying. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Have another drink. Yeah, he's just <laughs> drinking. Like, oh. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Sarah, please don't wait, please be my running mate. I'm gonna take you to the masses. Distract the folks from their old man jokes and make them see past your glasses. Only mavericks can arouse this base. You'll get to the top, or maybe you'll never come back. John McCain. Faye, that is right. <laughs> David is clicking in, but not getting through. I'm, I do not have cat-like reflexes, evidently. Uh, oh, no, you're going to be just uh. fine. It's all, the, the buzzers are its own little thing. Uh, but I could tell that you knew that. You were like, oh, <laughs> I want to say this because I love Tina Fey. <laughs> oh, does it seem like they don't think I'm strong? Because Kitty... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that rehearsal's really paying off. <laughs> My respect for the boss is, is growing by this moment. Oh, does it seem like they don't think I'm strong? Cause, kitty, I gotta show them they're all wrong. I'm gonna ride around in this tank. Gonna wear a big helmet. I got my PR guys to thank. David. Uh, Michael Dukakis. Yes! Well done. This even has a bridge. <laughs> Beyond the parties and their tired tropes, I'll ride to the winning with ease. Communicate in folksy texts and like, can I finish, please? Independent peers never had these ears. Oh, the billions I can spend to gain ground. I want to chat with Larry King on his show tonight about the giant sucking sound. Ha! David. Ross Perot. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> One, two, three, four. The highway's jammed with crappy cars that are unsafe at any speed. Well, everybody knows I'm their advocate, so why not let me lead? Progressive parties putting me in contention. I won't draw attention away from your pretty alcohol. David. Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader. That guy always looked like he just like moved a couch up a flight of stairs or something. Right? Are you ready for your last clue, Springsteen? I like how you I, say I that, but that's it. Oh yeah, are you ready for your last clue, contestants? Yeah. Oh, right now folks, we must advance. 
We gotta disregard race with a reverend you all know and my felonious son. Well, if I can't win, baby, I'll just run again. Come on, Junior, if I can win, baby, I'll just run again. Faye. Nixon? No, I'm sorry. That is not correct. We're not what we're looking for, David. Felonious son. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson is the correct answer. <laughs> Puzzle guru Archung. How did our contestants do? Uh, they did amazing. I think we destroyed John's voice, though. Uh, <laughs> but David, congratulations. You're moving on to our final round. <laughs> the new boss, John Flansburg. Let's say hello to our next contestants, Paul Doust and Jessica LaQuintano. Paul, an Australian living in Brooklyn. Indeed. Fellow and, Commonwealthian. <laughs> you're very Commonwealthy. And your name is Paul, which is the only name you can have in Australia. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, apart from Hogan, obviously, yes. Paul Hogan. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, your first name can also be Crocodile. Yes. I only saw that movie last year for the first time. And what did you think? I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got all the references beforehand <laughs> and then again once I watched it. You have a love-hate relationship with New York? Yeah, I consider it kind of uh, abusive lover. Yeah. yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> Correctly stated, yes. What do you uh, love about New York? Um, karaoke. Karaoke? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, wait till you find out you can do that anywhere. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I am very uh, impressed. You are getting a master's degree to become a history teacher. Nice work. <laughs> What's your focus? Um... My research background is Latin American history, but I used to teach Western Civ, so anything from the French Revolution to the fall of the Berlin Wall. All right. I, like I, I know barely enough to teach teenagers about it. <laughs> I like the jargon. I like, I've never said to someone, I know a lot about Western Civ. I've never been bold enough to do that, to shorten it. Civilization. You know, Civ. Okay, they say wine pairs well with cheese or reading a book pairs well with a rainy day. Jessica, what would you say pairs well with you? My husband. Ah. <laughs> that is both sweet, but I love the sort of sad, <laughs> like sort of resigned way that you said it. Yeah? Why? Yeah. Um, I don't like a lot of people and he's okay. And we have... <laughs> We have about one friend between the two of us, yeah. so it's manageable. I like it. <laughs> Paul, what pairs well with Paul? I kind of already said it, but karaoke. Karaoke, yeah. <laughs> What's, what is your go-to song? Everyone has one. Uh, either I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Yeah. Or Informer by Snow. Yeah. Fellow Canadian. Nice. Yeah. All right, so this game is called Pair It Down. Every answer will be a pair, sort of. Actually, every answer will be a word that begins with the letters P-A-R-A. -A. Puzzle guru Archung, please tell me what's going on yeah, with this game. Let me explain. It's hard. If we said Holiday and Martins, you would say the word paradox because Doc Holiday and Doc Martins are a paradox. So you're going to hear the two things, figure out what their commonality is, and then you're going to put P-A-R-A -A in front of it to create a new word. And you can ring in and talk it out. Dorsal and Huckleberry. Jessica. Fins. Paraffins. Paraffins. Yes! <laughs> the check is in the mail, and I gave at the office. Jessica. Paralyze? Yes, that's right. <laughs> what was the other lie you had? Oh, I never got your email? <laughs> that is the biggest lie of all time, right? There's no email you didn't get. <laughs> Photo and bamboo. Paul. 
paragraphs. Ooh, no, that's a good guess, but that that's not the answer guess. we're looking for. I was like, photograph, yes. Oh, I got it. Oh. Uh, sorry. Can I, can I guess again? <laughs> not allowed to buzz in again. <laughs> sorry, one, one answer at a time. Jessica, do you have any clue? Parachutes. That's right. <laughs> Cats and goldfish. Paul. Parapets. Parapets. Fuji and Everest. Paul. Uh, mountains. Paramountains. Paramounts. Paramount. Paramount. <laughs> if you said paramountains, there could have been a riot in the crowd. It was like, come on, Bello and the first king of Israel. Jessica. Parasols. Parasols, yes! <laughs> Ferdinand and Durham. Jessica. Parables. Parables! <laughs> now, like, I feel like this game's too easy. <laughs> this is your last question. Snake eyes and boxcars. Jessica. Paradise. Paradise. Well done, you two. Yeah, that was a tough game, but Jessica, congratulations, you're our winner. We will see you in the final round, and coming up, we'll find out how brunch changed the life of Daily Show's Azif Manvi, so stick around. This is Ask Me Another from NPR. This episode of Ask Me Another is supported by Trunk Club, a men's outfitting service. After signing up for Trunk Club, you'll be matched with your own personal stylist who will work to make you look great. Each of Trunk Club's stylists has gone through extensive training to learn which sizes, colors, and brands will look great on you. And you know what the best part is? Your stylist will get to know you better over time, making each trunk more fine-tuned to your style and preferences. So get started at trunkclub.com slash ask. And thanks to our sponsor, Loot Crate. It's a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. Each month, Loot Crate will send you a box with six to eight unique and one-of-a-kind items that include licensed gear, apparel, and collectibles. April's fantasy-themed Loot Crate will include items from your favorite fantasy franchises, including Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and The Princess Bride. But you only have until April 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe. So head to lootcrate.com slash AMA and enter the code ASK to save 10% on any new subscription. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. On the best news team on the planet, Asif Monvi is brown. This color doesn't run from a story. If it's all the stories you want covered, there's just one question you have to ask yourself. What can brown do for you? I'm delighted to welcome our very important puzzler from The Daily Show and author of the new memoir, No Lands Man, Asif Manvi. Hi. Hello. Now, you've described yourself as a Indo-Muslim-British-American actor that has spent more times in bars than in mosques over the last few decades. Yes. So when you were first on The Daily Show uh, in 2006, and John was like, you are going to be our senior Muslim correspondent, mm -hmm. how did you react to being given that title? I don't think he ever said that, because I don't think he knew I was Muslim <laughs> um, until I started praying. And then he was like, ah. Uh, no, I, I think it just, it just sort of it, it evolved over time. Like, I was originally... Just the all things brown correspondent. Right. And then, and then I was like, oh, he's Indian. That's the kind of brown he is. Right. 
so let's have him do Indian stuff. And then they were like, oh, he's also a Muslim. So let's have him do that. And you know what? Since we have him doing those, let's just have him do Asian stuff. And then it was just whatever there was that was not Caucasian became my territory. As did, you, it were. did you ever feel pressure being the... I mean, it's a comedy show, and we know that it's satire, even though we also know that a lot of Americans do get their news mm-hmm. from watching The Daily That's Show. That's what I've heard. Yes, did you ever feel the pressure being the spokesperson for all brown people? Um, sure, yes. Uh, I was, yeah, I, there was a, uh, a sort of a sense of, like, you know, the, the, like, you may realize that the television is mostly full of white people, um, <laughs> with a few brown people sort of peppered in there. Um, and uh, really, it's all white people and Aziz Ansari. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like... So there does end up being a little bit of like, you know, a, a sort of uh, an, a responsibility that you don't necessarily ask for. Uh, you know, I did, when I first got on The Daily Show, um, initially, uh, after being on for a little while, it was, uh, you know, uh, mostly Upper West Side Jews that would come up to me and hug me on the street and be like, hey, we love you, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then that changed, um, and, and soon brown people were coming up to me and hugging me on the street. And then Muslims started coming up to me and hugging me on the street, which made me really uncomfortable because <laughs> they also wanted me to meet their daughters. Oh, yeah. And they were like, are you single? I have a lovely daughter. <laughs> You know, and so, um, yeah, it sort of evolved that way. And then you do sort of feel like you're kind of representing in some way, even though you never asked for that. Right. So in your new memoir, No Man's Land... Very... No Land's Man. Oh, no Land's Man. Yes. See, right. That's, that's, uh, it's, it's written backwards, exactly like that, so people purpose. have to say it twice. Right. In your new memoir, No Land's Man, right. yes. uh, you describe your parents... Uh, I mean, it uh, reminds me of mine. My parents are immigrants that moved to Canada uh-huh. for a better life for their kids. They're right. kind of traditional, a little strict, perhaps. They right. obviously were working hard mm-hmm. to provide you with a good life. Uh, but you, you state that, and we teased it earlier in the show, that one of the things your father was obsessed with... Mm-hmm was the idea of American brunch. Yes. And that was a real reason why he wanted to That's move. why he came to America. For brunch. Because, yeah, he came to America on sort of like a reconnaissance mission where he was just going to come and see if he liked... You know, we, I grew up in the north of England, and it's very cold and industrial and sort of, you know, mining town. And then he, he, he was going to move us to Tampa, Florida. And so... Uh, oh, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever admit that. <laughs> You're here. No. I love Tampa. No, I love it. But, like, so he came out, and, and I guess somebody took him out for this thing called brunch, which he had never experienced before, and he fell in love with it. And he literally called us, and he was like, in America, they have so much food that between breakfast and lunch, they have a third meal. It's called brunch, and anything you want, $7.95, it's great, you know, like... We're moving! And that was it. We were like, uh, you know. <laughs> and we were like, there should be other reasons for moving. <laughs> so we, all, we have many things in common. Uh, when your father in the UK, uh, Bradford, is that right? In Bradford, yes. Bradford, he had a uh, corner shop selling. Yes. So I grew up in a grocery store, like a oh, small right. grocery store. We both wow. probably you saw... You didn't have a house as well? We, we had a house small, but mostly in the grocery <laughs> store because they put the kids to work at an early right, age. Right, yeah, that's we did too, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we probably both saw our first uh, glimpse of porn in our exactly, parents' store. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, it's very interesting. Wow, to wow. Have that. I didn't know you were going there. I did not see that coming, but... That's not... <laughs> I like surprising. And... We both were obsessed with, 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 go on. <laughs> Jugs, Jugs Magazine, right? I was oh, gonna, no, no, no. I was going to say Michael Jackson. Oh, right. <laughs> the porn Michael Jackson segue is odd, but okay. I know, I know. I've never seen that one done before. Well, it's, it's me. I've got these strange segues. This is my, this is my uh, specialty. Because uh, it was the 80s, and I was yeah. crazy about Michael Jackson. Yes. Uh, but you... You were particularly crazy about Michael Jackson because you were convinced to perform right. as Michael Jackson. Yeah. Well, when I first got to Tampa, I, I was like in this American high school and I was, you know, a fish out of water kind of thing. And so I found, well, I found theater and acting. And through that, I found this ability to sort of impersonate Michael Jackson. And, you know, I, I was also... 
120 pounds at the time. I was, you know, a junior in high school, and both Michael and I, at that time, looked like an Indian girl. <laughs> so, so true. So Perfect. we, you know, Perfect. we had a lot in common, and I felt, you know, with the afro and the thing, and I, you know, so I, uh, I decided that if I put on a glove and and, and, and uh, uh, teased out my hair, Jerry curled my hair, I could, and put the shades on, I would do, and I, and I performed it in the talent show in high school. And how did it go? It went really well. Then people would come up to me afterwards in the hallway and be like, hey man, do Michael Jackson. And then, and then I also like sort of was, I got stoned one time and wrote a poem called You Can't Be Michael Jackson All the Time. <laughs> it was like this very philosophical poem. Because I thought I was being really deep, you know? I was like, this Michael Jackson thing is really wearing on me, you know? And so I wrote this that very is deep the, poem. Uh, that is the epitome of an 80s existential right, crisis. Right, exactly. I was having an existential crisis. Yeah. Okay, well, we have concocted the perfect game for you based really? on that to showcase all your right. knowledge of all things Michael Jackson. Okay. So are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Sure, yes. How about a big hand for Asif Manvi? So your game is called The King of Pop Quizzes, mm -hmm. right? And of course, it's about Michael Jackson. Right. As a former MJ impersonator, I'm sure you're well-versed in the man, the oh, magic, man. the mystery that is the king of pop. All right. So to help us with the music, welcome back John Flansburg. Hola. And there's something at stake here, because if you get enough questions right, yeah. Brian Bunton in Myrtle Beach, mm -hmm. South Carolina, yeah. is going to win a prize. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I don't know Brian. Yeah. But I, he's, I'm he's glad. He's right now. Yeah, he's really, uh, he's on the edge of his car seat right now. <laughs> That's right, freaking out. <laughs> All right, so here we go. At the end of the song, The oh. Girl Is Mine, mm. Paul McCartney says, Michael, we're not going to fight about this, okay? Mm -hmm. To which Michael replies, Paul, I think I told you, I'm a what? Lover, not a fighter. Yes! yes! A lover, not a fighter. By yeah. far the cheesiest of all Michael Jackson yeah, it really is. duets. Yeah. The doggone girl is mine, yet I was totally into it. Yeah, I, totally I loved into. it. I loved that, uh, yes. Uh, I think the next question is going to involve some music. Ah. A mannequin used in CPR training inspired the chorus to a Michael Jackson song. Here's the chorus. Name the song. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Annie, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Will you tell us if you're okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? What's the name uh, of the that song? That would be Smooth Criminal. Yes! <laughs> parentheses. Annie, are you okay? End parentheses. And the name of the CPR doll is Annie. Right. You're supposed to keep asking her... If she's okay. If she's okay. Yeah. That's, that's how which it. is what that is all about. Is and, that what that's about? Yeah. Oh. And you're also supposed to use that to create a multi-platinum album. <laughs> totally makes Only sense Only Michael to me. could do that. Only Michael, yes. To replicate his dance moves in the video for Smooth Criminal, in his live performances, Michael invented a, quote, method and means for creating anti-gravity illusion, mm -hmm. unquote. Mm -hmm. He actually received a patent for what article of clothing? A pair of shoes. Yes! <laughs> Brian Bunton is so excited right now. <laughs> I know, Brian's freaking out. <laughs> The song Bad was originally going to be a duet between Jackson and another legendary artist mm. who reportedly bailed because he didn't want to sing Your Butt Is Mine or have it sung to him. Who decided he wasn't bad enough? Wow. Um, boom, 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 it's, uh, so I found this surprising. I, you know what? I, I, I don't think I know the answer to this. Here's a hint. He would have played the Wesley Snipes character in the video, but maybe with a purple hood on it. Oh, Prince? Yes. Really? Yes. What a pussy. I know. 
Well, you're either in the Michael camp or the Prince camp, you know. And it's it was, true. So that... Although, not like it could happen, but that was Prince then. Prince would do it now. Prince would totally do it now. Yeah, he's on New Girl. He's on Golden Globes. That guy's like, what do you got? <laughs> I'm doing it. Nothing generates misheard lyrics like Michael Jackson uh-huh. with just these fractured words of the song's amazing coda, Name the Hit. Gonna save on the price of mongoose hide. Gonna save on the price of mongoose hide. I'ma say I'm a saw. I'm an applesauce. I'ma say I'm a saw. I'm an applesauce. I'm insane. I'm the sound of Microsoft. I'm insane. I'm the sound of Microsoft. Uh, all, all found on on Google. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, those aren't the lyrics. It's yeah. not. Uh, that's uh, uh, wanna be starting something. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Mama say, Mama Sama Makusa. Yes. Congratulations. You and Brian Button from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina win and ask me another prize. It's Rubik's Cubes. Oh, nice. I hit my head. I hear the phone ring. I was distracted by my friend Joe I hit my head Now I'm left-handed Lost my sublet to my friend Joe I've lost my superpowers I was invisible I could just cut myself Right out my will I wasn't supervised And I had a real good time Until I, I hit my head John Flansburg Let's crown this week's grand champion Let's bring back from Law & Order Fairy Tales Keely Coffee From Get Them to the ER Matt Acornero from Born to Run and Fail, David Sibley. And from Paradown, Jessica Laquintano. Our puzzle guru, Art Chung, will lead us in this final round titled Measure for Measure. Thanks, Ophira. For this final round, every answer will include a unit of measurement. For example, if we said it's the nickname of London's Metropolitan Police Service, you would say Scotland Yard. We're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer. And the last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. And for your prize, besides an autographed copy of No Land's Man, Asif Manvi will teach you a few Michael Jackson moves right here on stage. <laughs> Remember, every answer will include a unit of measurement. Here we go. Keely. At this popular athletic shoe store, the employees wear black and white referee uniforms. Foot Locker. That is correct. <laughs> Matt, it's another name for an animal shelter where stray canines are kept. Dog Pound. That is right. <laughs> David, National Hockey League champions take this trophy around the rink for a victory skate. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup is right. Jessica, this jazz trumpeter released a seminal album, Kind of Blue. Miles Davis. You got it. We're back to Keeley. This comedy studio in Chicago was a launching pad for Stephen Colbert and Tina Fey, among many others. Second City? That's right. Second is a unit of measure. Matt, despite its name, Stetson once admitted that this large piece of headwear only holds about three quarts of liquid. A 10-gallon hat. You got it. David, Drew and Nick Lachey were members of this boy band. In sync? No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Step aside. Jessica, Drew and Nick Lachey were members of this boy band. You're shaking your head. Nine degrees or something like that? Yeah, okay. I I'm sorry, it. I can't accept that. <laughs> Keely? 98 degrees. That is correct. Thank you, David and Jessica. We're down to Matt and Keeley. Matt, ask me another VIP John Cameron Mitchell created and originated the lead role in this musical. Avenue Q? No, I'm sorry. 
Keely, if you know the answer, you're a grand winner. Hedwig and the Angry Itch. You got it. Congratulations, Keely. You're Ask Me Another Big Winner. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. And you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. To see Asif teach us how to moonwalk, check out our podcast at iTunes.com slash AskMeAnother. To see us live, just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is John Flansberg. Shh, gnarl fun job. Additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Eric Feinstein, David Israel, Natasha Lake, Karen Lurie, and James Ramsey. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, Denny Shin, and our intern, Aaron James, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Bill Moss, Kristen Moeller, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Thanks to tastingroom.com for supporting Ask Me Another. They want you to know about their wine club. Here's how it works. Tasting Room sends you a kit with sample-sized bottles of wine. You sip each one, log on to their site, and tell them which wines you liked. Tasting Room then picks wines for you based on your tastes. You get your very first full case one month later, and the shipments come every three months from when you started. So visit tastingroom.com slash NPR for the wine club where your taste is the only one that matters. On the next Ask Me Another, three A-list celebrities are late to realize what it is to work for public radio. I don't do the voice, darling. No, I must be paid. I don't give advice for free. You know what I usually make for this? What? It's astonishing. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, along with Brad Bird, Dan Savage, and Alex Borstein on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. Hey, you've reached the end of Ask Me Another, but you want more. Why not check out How to Do Everything? How to Do Everything is kind of like MacGyver doing a show on NPR Hosted by Mike and Ian, it's a podcast that helps you figure out how to do everything. Like, how do you find water in a desert? Do you know how to do that? Or how do you find a date for Friday night? Did you know those two things require exactly the same skills? Check out How to Do Everything with Mike and Ian. They are there for you, providing modern life lessons from NPR. Find How to Do Everything now at npr.org slash podcasts.